The short game is listener-supported on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and join us on our Discord, head to theshortgame.net or patreon.com slash theshortgame. Short Game. This is a show about short video games, games that respect your time. I am Reagan Kelly, and I am joined this week by one very cool co-host. Laura Nash. Hello. Hello, Laura. And uh, here we are uh, talking. We've got, a, we've got a bit of a weird episode this week, and it was just because uh, we... Uh, so you we've an opportunistic heard. episode this exactly, week, because we have. Exactly. We're jumping on uh, something. So uh, we both got slightly early access to the Ludonericon um, demos. Every time I say Ludonericon, I feel like it's like Necronomicon. It's like... <laughs> it's we really actually did game. a, like, Ludo is game, so it is literally game narrative conference, but it sounds cooler. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. For the, so, that's also what it is for folks who are unfamiliar. It's in its fifth year. Yeah, so it's... So Ludo Naricon is an event run by Fellow Traveler, which is an indie publisher that focuses on narrative indie games. And uh, Fellow Traveler has is, has been very much like sort of on the ascendance for me in terms of like publishers that I keep an eye on because they publish a lot of really great stuff. Um, most notably, they were the publishers on Citizen Sleeper, mm-hmm. um, and I think they're they're probably the premier publisher out there for narrative indie games. Uh, which is, you know, a niche, but it's my niche. And so um, I I really like the stuff that they do. And they have for years been doing this event, Ludo Naricon, which is an online exclusive con. And I think it's actually kind of a really good, they've they've done a really good job running it. It's been getting more interesting with time. And they've done they've done a really good job of kind of coming up with a way to do something that has a little bit of the feel of a actual gaming con type event but done exclusively online. Yeah, there's so many demos and little talks and things that you can just kind of drop in on that it, it does feel, it feels less like going to uh, an all-day like work conference. It feels a lot more like walking the floor. Like you can just dip around and look at a lot of different things if you want to. It feels very like passive sampling, which is not something I expect from an online conference. They Most of them seem to be incredibly on rails. This one feels a little bit more exploratory, which I dig. Yeah. So it kind of includes a few different things. One is that there's, there. first of all, there's a bunch of sales going on on, on narrative games that are tied mm-hmm. to the conference, which I think is a good way to get eyeballs on it. And also, you know, good if you have a narrative game that's on sale that you might want to check out. Sorry, <laughs> that was probably over the weekend and you missed it. You may have. Yeah. That, um, double check. I, I don't know how long the sales might be going exactly, but uh, by the time you hear this, that may be passed. But the other thing that they do the other two things they do. They have these these panels, like Laura mentioned, um, that they're they're all done as live streams. Um, I don't know about you, Laura, but my way of interacting with those kinds of things is I I almost never like I keep tabs on it. I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. I want to see that like Ron Gilbert panel or whatever you. And those are great, but I almost never watch them in the moment. I kind of just like earmark them for like, well, after the con is over, I'll like go pull these things up on YouTube and like play through them at 1.5x speed or something. I mean, that's definitely what I do for the people I want to make sure to 
see. For example, some folks from Ask the Rose are going to talk about the game, and I want to hear about them. They're on a panel. But I for this one, I've also – they've just been streaming on mm-hmm. press kits, on pages for the various developers, on Steam pages. So as I've been double-checking stuff for the show, I've just been also dipping in on developer commentary, which I've been really – it's been a really nice way to kind of – oh, yes, there's a talk about this from Lunanericon. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I definitely like that. The way that they run it is really good. Um, and no matter whether you're sort of taking that like in the moment approach or checking things out afterwards, you get that access. The other thing that they do that for me has the sort of feel of, you know, going to a uh, games event where where developers are showing off their stuff is that they have uh, they have a real focus on game demos and many exclusive game demos that they, they premiere at the conf <laughs> I, I, i'm not gonna use to saying conf and i also don't like saying con i don't know it's not a con in, in the like here we are at like anime con or whatever i don't know just sort of i don't know the event but anyway um all 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 terminology weirdness aside um they open up a bunch of game demos as part of this some of them are brand new demos for games that are coming up this year or in the near future that are um you know the demo is premiering as part of the conference um others are demos that had previously been available at in-person events but hadn't previously been available online to the general public all these demos are available just to the general public you download them through steam um and then the uh there are of course other demos that are like part of the event but that are already available so in terms of what we focused on for talking about today we were we mostly tried to focus on stuff that was debuting a new playable demo for uh for the public as a part of this event, there were yeah. a bunch of games that are part of the event in a wider sense that are either the game's already out or the demo's been out for a while. We decided to play a few of the games that are coming out as part of this event that are fairly new and talk about what's interesting in terms of upcoming short games. Not yeah. a thing we usually do, but giving it a shot. In terms of scale, it's 43 exhibitors, uh, 36 demos, 18 first time available. And we quite frankly, we picked idiosyncratically of what we were interested in, but we also (laughs) knew, for example, like I'm not touching mask of the rose until the whole thing is in my hands. Cause I'm going to, I want my decisions to matter. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, there also were some short game faves in as exhibitors, which we've already covered immortality, citizen sleeper, Norco, uh, case, the golden idol, um, which debuted a, a new um, DLC as part of this. Now, we, we're not really covering that right now, but still cool. It's cool to see that kind of thing come out. And I'm very proud of myself for not playing it and playing something I'd never played instead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I could play the Case of the Golden Idol DLC, but that is bad content. So, um, <laughs> Not the DLC. It would be bad content for Laura. To just it would be bad content for say, me to show up and just be uh, like. We already talked about this. We've already talked about this, but I played the DLC and it's cool. Like. Maybe on maybe on Monday I can brag about that, but not yeah. today, dear listener. I played games I'd never heard of before just for you. Yeah, and uh, same here. We each picked three demos. That's about what we had time for in preparing for this episode out of the 40-something. And uh, we just thought we'd talk about a little bit of what they were like. And uh, I think most of these demos should still be available. Not Some of them were limited time demos, and I, I honestly am not sure which. So some of these may... Um, be something where you, you know, depending on when you're listening to this, you may just have to wait for the game to release. But um, most of these are 2023 games. Um, and in fact, some of them are coming up very soon. So um, I don't know, should we just start? I can start with uh, Slay the Princess. Yeah, I would love to hear about it. Really, this is the one thing that I was the most excited to play. And 
honestly, probably of the stuff I sampled for this, uh, you know, during this event, mm-hmm. probably the thing I'm most excited for in terms of a full game. Um, Slay the Princess, if you uh, if you haven't seen it, I'd seen one trailer for it previously, but I hadn't played a demo. The, the demo was only available in in-person events prior to this, although I think they had some other form of the demo out somewhere. I hadn't played it. Uh, anyway, my first encounter with this as a playable thing. Um, Slay the Princess is on the surface, kind of a visual novel. It has the visual novel presentation. It's all black and white, uh, black and white, uh, mall clarp. Um, Paul Blarmore Corp. <laughs> uh, it's black and white art. Um, pencil and, look, like almost pencil charcoal look, right? It's hand yeah, drawn. It, it does definitely, definitely has a hand drawn look. I'm not actually sure what sort of medium they were going for there. But the but, look, yeah. Yeah. And um, it, it has a very simple pitch. What I love about this is that it's uh, it's got this very, very simple, very constrained pitch that still manages to be extremely um, interesting which is you are nameless main character guy and you have been told that you need to go to this remote cabin in the middle of the woods and kill a princess who is imprisoned there. And there is a narrator in your ears. And yes, this did have shades of the Stanley parable. Um, it's not a comedy, although it has funny bits at, well, okay. I think it probably is, is a comedy on some level. It's less humor focused or or exclusively humor focused than the Stanley parable. But I had strong Stanley parable feels out of this because you are, you are, uh, you have a lot of dialogue options for like how you relate to the situation. But uh, in the context of the demo, um, you are told by this narrator speaking in your head that you have to go to this cabin and kill this princess who is chained to a wall in the basement. And if you don't kill her, if she manages to leave the cabin, the world will end. How does that work? Why will the, will the world end? What sort of creature is this uh, Is this princess? This is all sort of left to your imagination, but you can grill the narrator for, you know, with questions about it. And you can make a lot of decisions about what you do. So apparently within the, the demo, there's at least 10 endings, but I believe this is going to be one of those games where kind of like something like, I don't know, Isle or the Stanley Parable or other, you know, these sort of very, um, restrained uh, or constrained story space that's like w- goes wide instead of long. This mm. is a very short experience, but that's intended to be played dozens of times through to try to ferret out all of its little complexities in terms of of branching. Um, so you know, of course, you can you can decide um, whether you're going to you know go into this. Uh, murder with glee or with apprehension. You can decide when you go into the basement, whether you're going to take a knife with you or not. You have some dialogue with the princess and you can decide whether you want to grill her about like, well, should I kill you? You can decide, of course, do I kill the princess or do Mm -hmm. I walk out? All of these things are open to you. I, of course, sort of went for the, when going in, you know, with the the very first time in here, I'm sort of like, ah, well, I'll just, I'll just go with what the narrator wants me to do with sort of my MO with these kinds of things is like, well, the first time, why am I going to push against the walls? Like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go with the flow on the first time through. Sure. I won't spoil the ending of the demo, but the ending left me going, oh, I can't wait to do that again. (laughs) Um, So, it's it's definitely sort of Stanley Parable esque in that like you have this this narrator speaking in your head the whole time, but one thing that I thought was very intriguing about it that was sort of a, a surprise towards the end of the demo is that you know you 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 do this again you're you know you're looping through this scenario, and towards the end of the demo 
uh, actually, Chris, the, in, during the demo, the narrator wasn't the only voice in your head. There's also something called the voice of the hero, which is sort of your own voice, sort of. But then you start uh, towards the very end of the demo, you acquire one more voice called the voice of the broken. That is a, a different interior voice and only has a few lines in the context of the demo. But what I believe is going on here is they're doing a little bit of uh, Disco elysium where you've got multiple interior narrators, multiple voices speaking to you in your mm. head, um, talking to each other and trying to sort of shout over each other to try to get you to do their will. Um, it's all with this very sort of simple artistic presentation, um, sort of visual novel style presentation. But it's clear that like, honestly, I'm almost kind of glad they went with something where presumably this is pretty easy to produce in terms of, you know, art, because mm -hmm. that lets them, I believe are going to have a pretty broad space here. So I'm, I'm really, really excited to play more of this. It also is uh, fully voiced and the voices were good. I forget the name of the voice actors, but the, um, uh, it's, um, uh, Jonathan Sims and, uh, from Magnus archives and, uh, the person who does the no sleep podcast. I've yeah. I was going to say they're both Nicole. They're, Goodnight. I've got they're it both up, yeah. uh, horror podcasters, mm -hmm. uh, which I think, you know, if you're kind of making this sort of strange foreboding game hiring some uh hiring some horror podcasters is probably a good way to go um so they were they did a really good job especially i thought the narrator was uh was great i mean and they had me the the comps then they said that they're it's a horror game that's between stanley parable call of cthulhu disco elysium i was like those are some really interesting combinations yeah yeah, I, I, I'm I'm really, really excited for this one. I'm pretty sure it's coming out soon. I don't think they have a date on it, um, but I believe it's going to be it's I, I'm, I'm pretty sure they've said it's 2023. And if I recall correctly, I think they said it was going to be within the next few months. So coming soon. And I got to say, almost certainly going to be a short game episode. I think it's definitely going to be something I want to play. Yeah, and I'm excited because they um, this afternoon while I was busy working, how dare they? Um, they released a panel called Using Systems-Based Writing to Make Player Choices Have a Lasting Impact on Your Narrative. And it had them and a couple other folks, including Emily Short. So I was oh, like, nice. oh, I I need to be at my job live recording a different thing for work at 1 p.m. Or else I would have probably had this on in the background. Um, yeah, I didn't get a chance to listen to that yet either. And uh, like I said, I, I tend to catch up on this, the talks for this sort of thing after the fact, but I'm definitely going to check that one out. That sounds like all stars. Yeah, this looks rad. I'm really excited. Um, uh, one of us was certainly going to play this, so mm. I'm really glad um, to do it on a future episode. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, exciting. So I know you played something that I really wanted to play but didn't get a chance to. Um, tell me about Dead Pets Unleashed. Yes, Dead Pets Unleashed uh, was very different from what I expected in a really, really good way. So this is about a struggling punk band, and it's kind of in this universe where everybody's a demon. People have horns, people have U-shaped um, heads, hair. Don't worry about it. Um, it's just a demon universe. Um, and this band's been together for a long time. They haven't made it big. They're underground. Um, and you are trying to take the band to the next level. Also, you're broke. Also, you're a huge mess. You like try to get a sugar daddy, but you drink too much, that kind of thing. Hmm. Um, it is got a bunch of like slice of life, time management stuff in it. But what I was really excited and surprised by is 
it is full of nine in the woods style mini games, Reagan. Oh, really? Okay. okay. Yeah. So, I mean, like, uh, like which ones? Because Night in the Woods has a lot of variety. Yeah. There. So they've got you know the little tiny like water the plant. There's also like clean your dildo, which is just one of, <laughs> like, um, which is like one of the first Listeners, ones. You couldn't see Laura gesturing for that one, and maybe that's for the best. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like you have to do the soap and, and like then move it underwater, and it's the least efficient thing I've ever um, played. But I was like, but that's very much like some of those weird like feed the small miceling children things in Ice in the Woods. Yeah, like where, where it's yeah. like super awkward controls, mm-hmm. but it's funny what you're doing. But there's also full mini games of like a diner dash of like you're working your shift at the diner and you have to feed all your customers. And there's a band practice mini game where you're like jumping and it's like a combat e uh, rhythm game straight up. Um, there are lots of punk songs. There are like running around like there's a mini game where you steal some uh, records from the record shop and try not to get caught. Um, it feels very um, like warm towards this mess, but it's definitely dirtbag of the year territory where this person oh, is just yeah. unapologetically like, like her bandmates are like, it's your turn to pay rent. And like, you have two options of like, do you, do you say like, sure, minus two to your mental health, but like your band, like you're still good with your friends or like, do you just like, nope, not paying the rent and all your friends get mad at you. Um, those kind of little two choices. Um, it's really fun. There's a lot of variety. I enjoyed the games that repeated. Like, I love a diner dash. I love a rhythm game. I will happily play all of the levels. Um, rhythm game, three difficulty settings is the way to my heart. (laughs) Because, especially with different songs. Um, and there's actually a pretty meaty story there. Like, some people in your band are growing up. They've gotten together. They're, like, thinking about having a kid you are trying to decide like how to get through the day without, you know, losing your job or like your boss literally says that the people can smell alcohol in your breath <laughs> and you're just like, cool, bye. Like you're that kind of person. Um, it's Gordy feels like a really good character. Um, I played episode one Um the demo does include two episodes, but I wanted to sample more games and that had taken a good chunk of time. And I really made sure to do every single thing possible in that level. So, um, yeah. The, oh, so the music's good. Yeah, that is, that is key. It's funny. There's a lot of music focused games in this. Uh, the, uh, one of the games that I uh, played also seemed very sort of, music focused although lesser than this since this is literally about a band but like i i i love this sort of like it seems like this this seems like suddenly there's quite a few games about bands which never was really a thing until it felt like to me was was it feels like kind of a new new thing i'm thinking for example of um we are uh ofk which actually did you see the press release they sent out? They they just yeah that renamed they renamed the game. The game. Yeah, what a strange decision. It was so um like uh, Edge of Tomorrow when they renamed the movie to Live Die Repeat for the home day a uh, home uh, the home video release. They've renamed um We Are o- OFK to what was it now um pop something Panic. Yes, I, I pop love Panic. Pop love it? Panic. Yeah. Uh, yes. Because it's three emojis. It's the yeah. headphones, the heart, and 
I don't remember what panic is. Exclamation point. Probably. There's an emoji at work that is a, um, it's called comfy panic and it gets used quite a lot, which is a blob (laughs) with a, a pant with a, a blanket over its head that is like slowly shaking. And there's a lot of versions of that, um, of various intensities of shaking. And sometimes there's a little heart and there's a version of it where notifications go by at the bottom. So whenever I think of panic, I think of the little blob. Um, it's not a real emoji, unfortunately. And it's maybe I should add it to the short game, uh, discord. <laughs> sure. Definitely need that one. Yes, definitely. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm eager to give that one a try. Um, Dead Pets Unleashed. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. When I first saw this, um, I, when I first saw this, I was like, Dead Pets Unleashed. Dead Pets is the name of the band. Isn't that a real band? Like, this is, it sounds like such a real band name, like Dead Pets yes. or The Dead Pets. And then I went hunting. I was like, surely, like, I feel like, I feel like Dead Pets is like a band I listened to in high school or something, mm, right? It sounds like a band I would it, have listened it to. It does. And yeah. I went pouring through the internet. And as far as I can tell, no, it was comple- uh, completely just like, it sounds like a band I would have listened to in high school. I think maybe I was thinking of The Dead Milkmen. Mm. Um, yeah, it's got that vibe. And I, I two little things I want to point out. One is in the record store there is a poster for Yinglet as if it's a band. Um oh, the funny. game Yinglet and it's definitely a picture like an abstracted picture of the thing. And the second is um they do little cutscenes when they introduce people or like a concept in her head and they're all sketch doodles, which is another night in the woodsy thing. Um but when they talk about the name of the dead pet, they show a little sketch of a goldfish going down a toilet. <laughs> and I like laughed very hard because you also think like dead pets, like it's going to be some really meaningful thing. And it's just a goldfish. Goldfish are meaningful too. But um, yes, I'm sure they have great, wonderful interactions. But they are known for a short lifespan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I think it's going to be a really fun uh, game to, to play in full. And it, there seems to be a lot going on under the surface. This was very world-building focused, which is just what a demo should be. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I almost don't want to talk about the next one that I was going to talk about because I feel like I am going to be... Um, if I if I decide... I like this game. I was, I'm eager to play more of it, but I feel like if I push to do an episode on this, I'm going to be brutally made fun of. Oh, um, am I the safest person to talk you, to in the podcast or is maybe, Nate? Nate maybe, is. Well, Nate. maybe Nate. I don't know. <laughs> Just Nate's not a Shane. bro. Yeah. Not Shane. Shane loves to brutally own me. Mm-hmm. Um, total full corn cob action. But the, uh, the next game I wanted to talk about the one that I next one I played was I played the demo of sucker for love. Now this is actually the sequel. There is a pre one previous sucker for love game. I'm trying to find this was, um, Oh, where I don't have the, the subtitle. It has a, is a, it's a, I don't believe date it's something to die for date to die for. Thank you. I don't believe it's something where you need to have played the previous sucker for love game in any form. Funnily enough, both of the other two games I played are like sequels, to um or they're like sort of larger more full-fledged sequels to um existing very sort of small micro indie things that i don't think had publishers but anyway sucker for love the thing that drew me into this is it had the most incredible 90s anime style trailer Mm. but the premise when you when i read it i was not attracted to it so the 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 quick version of sucker for love i don't have the text of their of their like slug or like description in front of me but the 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 pitch is basically that this is a um visual novel dating sim crossed with um lovecraftian horror um 
you end with a uh, a 90s anime visual aesthetic. So you are you play as a um, a person. I'm actually not sure if it specifies your gender. I think you're a female based on some of the images, but I'm not Mm. that sure. Um, You're uh, uh, you're a um, you've returned home to your your town, which is in very 90s anime style. It is clearly simultaneously uh, a small Japanese town and socal um it's like Mm. uh they had a name for it what was it it was like um i've forgotten the name of the town now but it was it was like a mashup of like a like you know small town japan style sounding name with like sacramento or something it's like sacramento or something like that um and so you've you've returned because you've gotten a letter from there's been a series of disappearances mysterious disappearances of people in your small town where your grandparents live and you're you then you got a a a very friendly letter from your grandmother but your grandmother disappeared last year and no one knows what happened to her (gasps) and so you come home to town and um it has this it has you know really beautiful art um but you know you play through this whole scenario at the start of the game where you're you know you're coming home you sort of wake up in a bookstore and you don't know how you got there you interact with some people who all have weird glowing eyes eventually it becomes obvious that these people are all cultists and they chase you and suddenly you mysteriously find your way back to your grandparents home but it's dilapidated and strange and while it is kind of like a you know it's got an anime aesthetic and there's a little touch of humor to all of this um because of things like the the you know the the mashup of uh, Japan and SoCal or whatever. There's a little touches of humor. It still has a sort of an unsettling vibe. Um, it's still kind of going for for a horror vibe. And you you escape to this house, and you find in the house an. Uh, you think you know the, you're, the only way to escape from these cultists is you find in the house a, a, a dark book that lets you summon uh, a a dark god, Ooh. and you do. And she's a total milf. <laughs> it's, it's like, um, so if you've if you've read a lot of Cthulhu mythosy stuff, um, you may have may remember hearing of Yog Sothoth, the black goat of the woods with a thousand young, one of the more uh, more commonly used uh, like mythosy um, you know villains or you know dark gods, and um, uh, this one is. Uh, I don't know exactly how it's how it's a, it's like Roxanne, but spelled all Cthulhu. It's like Roxanne or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, and uh, she is the dark goat of the wood with a thousand young. And of course, because she has a thousand young, that's why she's she's real milfy. Of course. Um, and it's 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 like you 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 do a ritual to become her boyfriend or girlfriend i guess sure and most of the rest of the demo was like going around the old house which they have an interesting presentation here where like it has that sort of you know flat character art um you know vibe of that you get in like a, a visual novel mm-hmm. but uh y- in each room, you can kind of rotate the room or the room background in a way that gives it actually kind of a 3D feel. Like, you know, you have an actual map of the house and you can explore explore it in kind of a 2D, 3D hybrid-y kind of, kind of vibe that I thought was, I hadn't seen that interaction before in, hmm. a, uh, in, a, in a visual novel. Um, and so I thought it was pretty cool. And um, mostly it seemed like basic adventure game stuff, at least at the start, where like you've got this book of rituals, you've got to do some rituals, um, you know, for your for your hottie 
And um, the game is funny. It's very funny. It's also very horny. <laughs> oh, great! Yeah, um, and like good, you know, horny games. There's, it's not, it's not a porn game. It's just a very funny horny game yes. about being horny. Um, and uh, and I thought it was great. I thought it was really funny. So I'm I'm looking forward to playing more of it. I, I enjoyed it much more than I expected to because again, something about the idea of like, you know. Cthulhu mythosy dating sim type of thing wasn't really doing it for me. But this where it's it's more character focused. It's mm-hmm. not just like, you know, it's it, it, we're not doing like a Tokimeki memorial like running out the clock trying to like find uh find presents for your girlfriend to buy kindness coins to like cash in a good ending or whatever. It's more like it plays more like an adventure game where you're, you know, you're moving around in spaces, you're collecting inventory items, there's hmm. a lot of dialogue that's very funny. Um, I think it was fully voiced or mostly voiced. Um, and the the that was funny too. And like, I just thought it was really, really well done. And if anything, you just absolutely have to see the trailer, which is the most incredible pitch perfect, um, like 90s anime thing. The song that they made for it is incredible. So oh, would, good. The, the, the trailer is great. Um, and it pretty well fits with the vibe of the game. Um, it feels kind of like the, the like the pop, the poppy, like J poppy um, opening credits for a show that actually turns out to be much darker than the mm-hmm. opening credits would, would lead you to believe. Um, but it's great. I really liked it. I like this a lot. So um, I'm looking forward to playing more of it. Whether you will hear more about it on the short game will depend entirely on <laughs> how, um, how brave I feel showing my weeb ass again on this podcast once again. I mean, it's a like we've we've played weird dating sims. I mean, oddly, dating sims can well, uh, dream daddy aside, dating sims can be really pretty tame. They're very yeah. much about robots. So, like, how to full boyfriend? You are not going to bed with any of those pigeons. So, I wouldn't have called that a horny game. But I think we're hmm. we've like we're maybe we're teetering on the line. Maybe we can we can just we could try it. Yeah. I think it'd be fun. We're all adults here. We we can be horny. It's we fine. <laughs> we can do this. It's okay. Most people have children on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Laura, what else did you play? Oh, completely 180. Uh, nothing <laughs> like uh, Locomotive, uh, which is a murder mystery on a train. Very Agatha Christie. Very classic. Uh, really, what this is, is very LucasArts. But in the modern sense. So it's not um, love LucasArts, but there is a bit of like the dialogue trees get a little long and some of the combinations are like, why is this happening? There's a little bit of that modern uh, handholding for lack of better word, like hinting, like there's a lot of stuff missing if you replay a remaster. This has so much love for that um, point and click adventure, so much love for the bits, like, um, the old lady is going to read her will and give all of her money too. And the, they go into tunnel and the lights come out and shake and she's dead on the floor. But what makes this bit good is that they afterwards, the detective is like, I don't know, like maybe she's just like down for the counter. Maybe she's just resting or something. And then like blood spurts out of her body onto the detective, <laughs> <laughs> it, like pixelated blood. And I'm like, ah, I'm in good hands. Um, it's got, a uh, good inventory system. It's got like the the thing I thought was entertaining is that you can actually in the the final game you will be able to play as three different people, mm-hmm. the three suspects. So you get to play as a state lawyer, 
Uh, you can play as the like wannabe Poirot-ish character, the the detective they have for this, and a secret agent. So the game, you are going to be collecting clues as three different people on the train over time. And I think the target for the end, they said about seven hours for the final version of the game because you play kind of through the game three times, which I think is a pretty cool way to do a point and click because you're kind of revisiting scenes from different points of view. Because for me, it's not about the scenes in a point and click. It's about the funny things that happen when you click on the objects. I want the joke about the typewriter. I want the joke about the dripping faucet. I want the joke about the fan. And I would like four people to enter the room and tell me jokes. Like that is what the game is, right? So um, I'm looking forward to doing this on an episode that doesn't have Shane on it because Shane is allergic to point and clicks. Yeah, he sure is. Um, So when he goes on a trip, I'm going to be like, and let's play Locomotive because it's going to come out on um, this um, on Steam, but also on Switch, which I am excited about. Um, Anyway, just very charming. I think the, um, the dialogue was crisp. Um, You know, it's that kind of thing where the four options for did you do it to the estate lawyer are my hands are clean. I didn't kill Lady Unterwald. I'm an estate lawyer. My clients have to pass on eventually. I'm warning you I'm an ugly crier and I believe I'm entitled to a phone call. You're like, yes, this is very safe. This is very Lucas arts. Like I've got my my options to role play as different types of this person. Um, Some are just out and out jokes. Um, The cops are bad at their jobs. All of this is great. Um, I will enjoy this game very much when it comes out. Awesome. I'm looking forward to checking it out too. I think, you know, we, uh, we do have a bit of a spotty history with point and clicks, but Mm -hmm. I think mystery games are something that we've done. We've had, we've had pretty good luck with. Yeah. Point Um, and click for like a tangle tower, which is a very different art style, but like we'll do a point and click with a mystery sometimes. That's a combo I'm hoping is the, the secret sauce. Totally, and this this seems this seems pretty fun. It definitely seems cartoonish, but like in a good way. I look le- uh, looking forward to checking it out. Mm-hmm. Also, speaking of cartoonish, but a very different cartoonish vibe. The other demo that I played was Wrestling with Emotions: New Kid on the Block. So this is another one where it's actually a sequel to a game that Te- Team Laserbeam is the folks that made this, and you may remember Team Laserbeam as the developers of Teenage Blob, uh, a game that I bought in my sleep recently. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, so, and I, I have started Teenage Blob. I didn't quite finish it, although it's a pretty short one, but I just, you know, we've been fitting it in, uh, in between things. Teenage Blob, by the way, I'm still enjoying. Um, but I think if we play a Team Laser Beam game, it might be this one rather than Teenage Blob. Um, Teenage Blob is sort of, uh, it's like a six song EP where they worked with a band called the Super Weeks. So Team Laser Beam made games to accompany songs by the Super Weeks. Uh, and each of its six levels is both a song and a mini game and it works really well it's got this great art style that's very um do you remember brian neely the the like online comics artist who also did a bunch of or maybe it's brad neely i may be forgetting anyway he has a very distinctive style and if you don't know that name then this will help no one so sorry about uh, that. brad I'll... neely the graphic novelist guy yeah yeah um yes i think this looks a lot like his sort of very unique visual style um but uh, the uh, it's it's to kind of maybe describe it a little better. It has a sort of a um, both uh, both teenage blob and um, uh, wrestling with emotions have this sort of like 
uh, lo-fi comics with a uh, wild, you know, uh, color palette that sort of alternates between like day glow and pastel. Um, lots of like weird beady eyes, blobby characters, um, you know, prominent nipples, things that look uh, sweaty. Um, just, just a, just a weird vibe that is very funny. Um, and like, like really, really cohesive. Like this is a, it's a very cohesive art style. Like this, this team, I don't know, you know, who among them is the, the like artist exactly, but like team laser beam has a look and damn, are they sticking to it, man? (laughs) It's, it's, it's really cool. And, um, wrestling with emotions, new kid on the block is a, uh, is a, I think, well, so weirdly enough, it is another game that is sort of a, um, uh, you know, dating inflected visual novel. Um, but it is, he's going for an entirely different vibe. Uh, it's a world in which there is literally nothing more exciting or interesting, uh, or important to anyone than professional wrestling, but also professional wrestling in the context of this incredible world is like full of like muscle bound beefcake people who are also like the most tender, uh, like loving people in the world. And, um, you want to become one of these wrestling people to get on the most incredible wrestling show, wrestling with emotions, which happens at something called the cuddle drome, I think. Um, and you're just, it, it's just a, it's just a really weird vibe. It's like, it, whatever you think of when you think of professional wrestling, this is not it. <laughs> it's like, um, it's like, like equal parts, like cute and gross equal parts, like macho and tender and trying to like mix all of that stuff together in a really, really strange kind of way. And then the way the game plays apart from just being a really funny, uh, really funny thing. Uh, but the way the game plays is mostly through sort of visual novel storytelling. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you you kind of get the call where you, you, you know, your application's been accepted. You get to become, uh, you know, one of the cuties at the, uh, at the, the wrestling with emotions, you know, training facility. And so you get to, um, you know, create your wrestler. You get to pick a bunch of stuff about them that, that uh, determines things like your, 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 your stats and your, um, your wrestler name. And of course your, your, you know, wild appearance. And that was super fun to create a, a character in this style. Um, and then it's just a, it's just a story, man. You, you're, you know, you, you meet a bunch of very weird, colorful characters and you learn about them and you decide which of them you have crushes on and which ones of you, you just want to be friends with and which ones of them you, you want to be your wrestling rivals. And, um, it's, uh, you know, I, I, with the demo, it's, it's a bit, um, disjointed because they they intentionally i think kind of had to like excise some things for length and so they have this very funny conceit in the demo where they have this little like chihuahua called demo dog that will pop up from time to time to sort of tell you like yeah we're skipping past some stuff you know it seems to have a a structure of like you know you're going through training you can go to different like events around town that will level up your various different stats that stuff they had an acronym for it's like meat i think it was like muscles emotions, awesomeness, and <laughs> tenderness, maybe? I may be Love misremembering it. those. Um, and you have to level up your meat stats, and you can do various different activities around town and interact with fun characters and, and play mini games. 
although less mini games than I was expecting, you know, given the, the sort of mini game nature of um, of uh, of teen uh, teenage blob, I was kind of expecting mm-hmm. this to be more mini game focused. And it is much more just like this is a really, really well produced visual novel. Um, I was I was really impressed with it in terms of presentation, like the art's very con- consistent, but it also just like it just looks really good um, for a visual novel, like really polished. They have a mix of like these 3d backgrounds that they've created along with the 2d art that actually somehow works. Even though I often think like mixing 3d and 2d in this way, doesn't always work. It just sort of, it's really well done. So I don't know what else to say about it other than that. Like, I think this one is if we are in the mood for its style of comedy, I think this mm-hmm. is definitely something to play for the show. I'm I'm not sure how long it's going to be. Sometimes visual novels are a bit too long, but I don't think this is going to be overwhelming length. We'll we'll kind of have to wait and see on length. But otherwise, I, I I'm in favor of uh, of checking this one out for the show. And speaking of ones that I do not know if it's going to be the right length, but I had a really good time with. I played Astronaut the Best. Uh, this game's been kicking around. I think it's been a like earlier stages of demos have been, I think around since 2016. I think I saw a guardian article dating all the way back then, but um, man, there are two things going really well for this game. And one is the absolutely incredible art style. It is stylized to the brim. Um, You can look at any picture of this and be like, yes, I'm in the character designs are stellar in my book. And the second thing is, absolutely absurd writing i am not sure how much like procedural generation stuff but this game is actually really funny and surreal the idea is that you are i mean it's called itself an occult management simulator in that you are the director of a space agency for a planet that is run by five high priests and you have to keep the high priests happy and run your astronaut training program and all of the astronauts you get are terrible, just the worst. And you are trying to train them. And as you train them, you uncover their secrets, which might make them better or worse. For example, one of the people I trained, um, one of their secrets that I trained was looks like an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a, he just gives off a real asshole vibe. It's not his fault, but it's really tempting to blame him anyway. (laughs) It was like I trained this guy up for a little bit and then he got looks like an asshole level two, which is negative three to beauty and negative five to charm. And this is on like a like a 10 is where I was at this point. So negative five was a lot. And so I essentially pawned him off to the high priestess of the market and was like, he will go work in finance where that is a benefit. (laughs) It's that kind of game, right? It's it's got this like. It doesn't look like Archer, but it's got Archer vibes to me. Um, it is – it's – I think the, yeah, the art style is hard to lay your, your finger on. It has this sort of 1960s illustr- – you know that sort of like strange 60s sort of space age illustration style where, you know, angles weren't quite, quite right, um, but, you know, they just sort of yeah. had this – and then it's kind of twisted a little bit. Like it, it's yeah. very 60s. It's got Everything's, this modernist 60s. It's slightly off. Like it's like the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Uh, it's like a little bit off, a little bit weird angled. Um, but then these sort of like, you know, m- you know, mad many kind of illustration style, but like just, just slightly wrong. Like, 
Yeah, and it's got that kind of like over-designed interface in that like everything is at a like a strange polygon. There's yeah. no, nothing is in a square. Like no labels Lots are in a square. Of weirdly aligned triangles. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's pentagons and coffins and upside down badges. And, like nothing is a straight line. And normally, um, folks, you know that is my um nemesis. But this game has panache and pulls it off. I don't know if it's gonna be short. I feel like it's very um I, I was unlocking stuff up to the end of the demo. Um, it is very cartoony. Like it feels like something that would style wise, like a really high quality cartoon network show. Something um, I wonder about here is that they, they've described it as a roguelite management adventure. Is, mm. is this something where you are, I mean, I don't know if you could tell from the demo, but like how roguelike is it? So it is very much like there are missions and I believe that there's a lot of randomness in like which astronauts you pull, how you train them and their secrets. Um, I feel like there's a lot of variety um, outside of like the tutorial one, which is, um, but you kind of go through a map towards the mission and there's different trials that you uncover over time so i can see it being a roguelike in that you are doing the same mission but who you have ras- radically changes what you get to choose or try um i listened to a little bit of the developers walking through the game which is always rough at a demo because they can't say anything <laughs> hmm. like uphill battle everybody so like there, there's no shade i just was they were trying to talk for someone who hadn't played the demo yet and um they were saying things like there are five missions, hundreds of decisions, thousands of different astronaut combinations. Like, I feel like that's the roguelike is that you can play the mission again and fail completely differently. The idea is that the astronauts are so bad that you're likely to fail, but it's often funnier to fail. Um, and, and I, I also, I, I succeeded in the tutorial mission, but I, you know, it, I, it felt very dicey. Um, it's a very strange little game. And I, I think I it does not take itself seriously at all. And that is key to me. Like this would be very easily like turned into something that was like the space race is a waste of money. Or like they could have tried to like sneak something real in. They didn't even try. This is just funny, just absurdism, just randomness. Like for example, your best friend is the – there's a tapestry with a lion, the seal of your country on it. And at some point, you get so stressed out that the, the lion comes to life and says, do not worry. I am the spirit of the country. I will call you on the phone <laughs> occasionally when your astronauts are, like, doing drugs in the alley. And I will call you and you can make up a lie to tell the press. And I'm like, great. Of course the lion on the wall is going to call me with my astronauts – are going to get hounded by the tabloids. This is a real thing. I'm just going to go with it. It's that kind of game. I it, it looks like I have to say, like I I took a look at the art style and I was a little put off. Um, mm-hmm. But I think I'm a little more interested now. So I, I'm glad you got a chance to check it out. And um, I'm I think the the question is going to be for, as far as like short gaminess. Who um, knows if it's short? <laughs> right. That's the problem with the sort of things like we can't really tell this sort of thing in advance of release. It's like a cleaner Ren and Stimpy. That's another way to put it. Is yeah. another way to put it? Like it's tidier 60s style Ren and Stimpy. Like no one's hairy or like vomiting, but it's got that kind of grotesqueness. I don't know. It's very 
we continue after nine years <laughs> to have trouble describing visual style on the show. Indeed. Well, listeners, there's an easy way to solve this problem. You just go Google it and look. Go um, Google it. Um, I'll have links in the show notes. So I it was a great random card of like, you need a little extra time. I had 45 minutes to play a demo and it put me in a strange headspace for recording this. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, well, I thought we could take a last couple of minutes to just talk about some of the other games that we didn't play the demos of, but that we are interested in from this event that are um, upcoming and, you know, potential short games. Um, and listeners, if there are games out of this event that you think have potential for the show that you think are going to be, you know, like, let us know, because it always helps us out to have a good idea of what games folks are most interested in hearing about in advance of release. So we can go out and do things like um, request keys or try to get early access and try to get episodes out uh, early. So if you uh, have thoughts, we would love to hear them. Um, here are our thoughts. I can say there's a few things uh, other way, other games in the the like list of demos that came out as part of the show that I am particularly interested to check out. Mm-hmm. I really want to play Fall of Porcupine. Yes. I'm not sure yet if it's just because it looks so much like a Night in the Woods, you know, successor. Um, I don't know what kind of story it's going to be telling exactly. Um, I know it's about a pigeon. I think the pigeon works in a hospital. Like, great. Um, but I'm I'm very eager to try that one. I didn't play the demo in this case because th- that demo has been out for a while and I haven't gotten around to it yet. Um, and we were sticking to ones that were like released for this this event, but they they are exhibiting. Um, I'm very curious about Goodbye Volcano High. I think it's probably going to be too long for us based on what I've heard about it so far. But I, I am curious about that one. Harmony, Fall of Reverie, don't like the title. Don't think that title's very good. And I, I, the art style didn't exactly draw me in. But it is a new narrative 2D sci-fi choice-based visual novel thing from Don't Nod, the Life and Strange devs. Mm-hmm. And it's coming out very soon from what I gather. There's a demo in the um in, in the in the event and you can you can go and download it and play it. I haven't yet. Um I'm curious. Uh we love Life is Strange, but Don't Nod is sort of hit or miss. So I think this is going to be one of those things where it seems like it might be more for us than some of their other more recent works, but uh, I don't know. So I'm I'm eager to hear and see what's up with that. Um I don't know. What about you, Laura? Well, uh, there were a couple. One of them is uh, Times and Galaxy, which um, Fellow Traveler is putting out as publisher. uh, But it's also by Copy Chaser, who's the dev from Speed Dating for Ghosts, which is a little gem that I adored. Uh, The thing that is – it is very cool, but I was also like, ooh, is it short? Um, You're a uh, playing as a journalist um, who is uh, trying to – like you actually go research events, but then you go construct the story and that's part of it too. Um, I know Mask of the Rose has a story crafting component and this one seems like it's a key part. So I'm really excited to play both and see what, like I, I love things that come up at the same time. So I think a, a journalist story crafting component seems super cool in a sci-fi world. Um, I don't know how many like how big the game is because the other mm-hmm. like speed dating for ghosts was quite petite uh fellow travelers put out some very beefy games um could be i'm hoping it's like in the nine ten hour range but like this this looked good um just didn't have time to get to it um and i wanted to go after some stuff like if this is in our 
time range, we will probably cover this. So I wanted to look at something that was more borderline. Um, the other thing, which I have no idea what to do with, is Tamarindo's freaking dinner. Oh man, I can't. I really want to check that one out. <laughs> um, I watched the five-minute story trailer for this game, and I still don't know. I think it's a first-person game. I there's video components. There's it is absolutely bizarre looking. Um, in the best way. Uh, House of Cannibal feels like describing this as a fever dream or a Mad Lib. Um, I'm hoping that it's playable and maybe we do it around Halloween. Um, feels very, very strange. Um, how would you describe Tamarindo's freaking dinner? I was trying to put my finger on that earlier. It is a vaguely 90, I don't know, sort of a 90s feel to me because it sort of feels like a video nasty, you know, it feels like a yeah. VHS. But then it's also inspired by Majora's Mask. It has a time loop mechanic. It, yeah, it um, it looks sort of like a Tim Burton animated thing in the like Nightmare Before Christmas kind of vibe. Like there's actual because- stop motion, like a hand coming in, moving characters around. I think that might just have been part of the trailer. In the trailer. The, the game is the game is more just sort of like straight up like 3D animated characters, but the characters are bizarre. There's I I I don't remember them all off the top of my head, but I was struck by uh, they all had great names, but and now I can't remember the names, but um there was a there was a guy with a noodle bowl for a head and hideous glowing eyes. You are um, Macario Macabro and you're order you're bringing an order, your pizza delivery person going to Tago Mago's Mansion on Moking Bird, Milky Way Heights 13. And then the stinky cannibal Countess Erizwith Watori of Welpurgis is hosting. Like, who is this dev? Um, I did not. Um, there has been drilling in my apartment on and off for the last four days as they do some construction in the basement. I did not have the mental capacity to fall into this world, but I looked at it and appreciated it as capital A art and went, it would be a crime to cover this without Shane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but so he's going to complain that he can't play it with his kid. <laughs> That's what oh, he can't play happen. this with his kid. Um, it looks yeah. too, too creepy. Yeah. Um, so another, those that's an earmark. Another sure. thing that's on my list that I didn't play because um, we were st- sticking to stuff that's like upcoming, but a game that is out now uh, as part of the event that that was quite intriguing to me um, was I did not buy this ticket, which mm. is a short visual novel style game. It You play, uh, it's very stylized. The art is very surreal and stylized and very cool looking, um, but it's a short horror story. And you play as a professional mourner traveling between funerals and you ride a nightmarish bus whose destination depends on how you choose to face your traumas. And I was really I I played a little a bit of the beginning of this. I haven't gotten very far in it yet. I don't think it's very long, but I think I may have played about an hour. Um, uh, And then I, I went and looked up more information about it. And it's the same writer who wrote Dodgeball Academia. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Among other things, he has other credits, but it's a uh, Tiago Rech, um, and uh, I, I don't I don't know anything else about them. That's the only other game on his uh, uh, on his uh, credits here that I was familiar with. 
Um, but uh, it, it seems really good uh, for one of these. I like short horror visual novels and short horror games, short horror interactive fiction. Um, I think, you know, short horror works so much better than longer horror in so mm-hmm. many ways. And this has this sort of like surreal vibe that was really working for me. So I'm, I'm eager to play more of it and check it out. Um, maybe if I get truly blown away by it, we'll loop back and make it an episode. I don't know. Um, and I don't know what's, what else was there. Um, the other thing that I, uh, I wanted to briefly call out was the invincible. Mm. Um, I don't, I don't know whether this is going to be short enough for the show or not. Um, but it looks freaking gorgeous. It is a first person sort of, uh, from what I gather, it seems sort of like a sci-fi walking simulator. Um, but it's based on a novel by Stanislaw Lem and it has a sort of a like retro futuristic vibe, gorgeous graphics. Um, all I could really tell from the trailer, which is all I really watched, which the trailer did, they did have an extended gameplay video that I I watched some of. Um, and it was mostly, you know, an astronaut speaking on a radio and walking around on a, on a planet, um, investigating, what seemed to have been a, a, you know, an accident or trying to figure out what happened to some prior astronauts in that space. Um, so I don't know too much yet about the story. Um, and, but I, I did gather that, you know, it seemed like a sort of a, a really high production value sci-fi walking sim. And that is very intriguing to me. So if it seems like it's going to be in our wheelhouse in terms of length and, uh, and you know the, the the genre is what it seems to be on the tin, and not some sort of like stealth, you know, shocking horror or something like that. I don't know. Then maybe this is going to be something for the show. I, I'm very curious about it. I don't know when it's coming out. I think it's coming out later this year, but I don't don't see a date. So um, uh, eager to check out more or find out more about the Invincible, and I might take the time to play its demo uh, when I have a little more time later. I do yeah. think it's going to be one of those things that's going to require either a beefy PC or waiting for a like console release because. Um, I, I was, I was playing things on my steam deck and I looked at the trailer for this and I was like, I don't know, man, I don't know if I'll be able to handle it. It looks too pretty. Maybe (laughs) it'll scale gracefully, but it just, it looks gorgeous. It looks really, really nice. Yeah. I had one last one and it's going to be incredibly obvious why we didn't cover this. And that is King of the Castle, which is a party game, um, Mm. that seems to be streamable over discord and Twitch as well. Um, but I'm intrigued because it's a political party game. So it's not just like simple voting. It seems like you're playing different um, people trying to get to the throne. And I think that's a really cool idea for an online party game. Uh, we just were busy trying to play games by ourselves for a few days. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, as this, it's getting good reviews. Uh, people seem to be having good time with it. So um, it's something I am it seems like a lot of streamers are playing it with their viewers. So I, I think it might be something fun to try. Um, we'll see. I, I, I am intrigued because a narrative party game, like its presence in the con is intriguing. Yeah. That is curious. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm eager to hear more about it. There's other stuff in there. I think that's pretty much where we have to call it. I know Laura already mentioned like mask of the rose. There's a bunch of other ones in here too, that are like games that are, you know, we, we didn't really touch on too much because we just know we're going to play them. Like, yeah, like I, I yeah. know we're going to play mask of the rose. We don't need to play the demo. We just know we're going to play it as soon as it comes out and we're <laughs> eager to do it. Um, 
I was a little curious about uh, Death Trick Double Blind. Mm-hmm. It seems like a uh, like a another sort of visual novel kind of thing, but uh, but has a little more going on, uh, detective mystery kind of thing. Eager to eager to try more of those. Laura, every time a, a mystery game comes out now, I'm like, I should stream that with Laura. It's um, really fun. Honestly, really I have a good time. Yeah, so um, eager to check that out. And then, uh, of course, if you are uh, if you haven't played. Uh, some, so there are some great narrative bangers in this that are on sale. They're exhibiting in the talk in, in the talks, um, but their games are also on sale right now. Um, some short game favorites. Norco is uh, in the sale. It's 50% off uh, if you catch it during this sale, and I would definitely check it out. Um, Immortality, another incredible game. Citizen Sleeper uh robbed in our rankings <laughs> totally robbed sorry it's, I, it's okay laura I'm again i'm that. hoping it was just because i was moving i know i know you someday you should give it another try i think uh, the dlc will be a good excuse to do it mm-hmm. uh the golden idol again they've got new dlc out and the base game is uh, is also on discount so definitely worth checking out um i've been playing a little bit of road warden by the way laura have you seen that game i have i have uh, only I've looked at it as a distance out the window because I was like, you seem like a lot of time, like kind it's of like Disco Elysium, like that it looks so good. Uh-huh. And I, I just am like, hi, my friend, maybe someday. The problem with it is that I keep playing it while I'm tired oh, no. and, um, and like nodding off with my steam deck in my lap, which sounds like I'm saying it's boring. It's not, it's just, it's a very text heavy game. It's really a text only experience with like light illustrations, um, while still feeling like a full on RPG. It's definitely not for the show. It's too long. Um, but it's really cool. And it's also on sale as part of this. So anyway, um, Great event so far. Uh, you know, hats off to fellow traveler for running what I think is about the the gold standard for um, for like indie uh, games events that take place entirely online or you know more or less entirely on Steam. That's you know something they've done really well. Um, so I I'm really uh, I was I was I was pleased to play some of these and I probably will play a few more before the end of the comp. Listeners, if you have any games from Ludo Naricon or other upcoming short indies, especially short narrative indies that you think would be great for us to keep on our radar and be covering as soon as we can when they come out, um, let us know. It's a great, there's a, there's a lot of ways to get in touch with us on the show. Um, easiest is to go to shortgame.fm and you'll find links to all of our socials. If you go to www.shortgame.fm, we've got links to our Mastodon, our Twitter for those of us who's still on there, um, and links to our Patreon. If you are a patron of the show via Patreon, at even just a dollar a month, you get instant access to our Discord. That's where we talk about the games that we're playing, talk about upcoming games. We have a suggest a game channel where folks can come and just drop links to games that they think are cool or talk about upcoming games or other stuff that they think that we ought to do on the show or just suggest games to each other. Um, Lots of good hangout on the short game discord and we'd love to have you. Uh, And like I mentioned, all of our patrons get access there even at just a dollar a month, which come on a dollar a month. Um, Let's see. You can find me on, uh, I don't think we'll have time for a what's making us happy this week since we're already at an hour. So, um, uh, it also, I should also say, listeners, if you liked this format, um, you know, we are exploring more formats. If you like this format, 
of us talking about upcoming games or talking about game demos from events, that sort of thing. Um, first of all, let us know if you didn't like it. Let us know that too. You mm-hmm. know, do it kindly, please. But uh, but let us know that. We do want to know uh, what folks like. And um, if you think there are other events similar to Ludo Naricon that we ought to give this same treatment, that's another thing we would love to hear from you. Um, so uh, again, you can find us on Patreon and all the other places. You can find me on the internet on Mastodon. I'm Reagan, R-A-Y-G-A-N, at bird.rodeo on Mastodon. Uh, Laura, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Laura... Well, you can find me at... Laura J. Nash at bird.rodeo on Mastodon and uh, lurking on Twitter. I haven't deleted the account at Laura J. Nash, but I'm not really posting anything there. Yep. Uh, And uh, the show is uh, uh, short game at mastodon.social. It's on, it's on the big instance Mm -hmm. and still on Twitter um, until they pull the, uh, the plug on the Twitter to word, the WordPress to Twitter integration that does our posting of the show. Any minute now it will fail. And then my point of logging into Twitter, reposting our bot account and then going away will end. So we could do a whole separate show on the boneheaded decisions happening at Twitter, but this is one of the ones that that is as most directly affected me as they're trying to charge WordPress uh, a you know the nonprofit that runs the website software behind fifty percent of the internet for the ability to post on Twitter the 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 greatest fountain of free content in the history of the world the entire blogosphere and you don't want that on your platform they should be rolling out the red carpet and paying automatic to make sure that twitter posting still works in wordpress and yet they're trying to try it's ridiculous anyway that's probably going to break soon from what i've read so uh if you are enjoying the periodic posting of episodes um I'm trying to make that work on Mastodon. Maybe join us there. Um, Or just make sure you're subscribed in the (laughs) podcast app of your choice. Um, That's probably the best thing. Um, Or join us on Discord. Uh, Mm -hmm. And uh, thanks, listeners, once again, for joining us on this episode of The Short Game. Bye.